Yeah, man. I'm just happy to hear your voice. Oh, you sappy son of a bitch. Mm, oh, man. You actually are. That's what's funny about it. <laughs> I really am. You are. A, you've got so much estrogen. Oh, my God. This caramel corn is fucking to die for. <laughs> What's going on, Pearl Jam nerds? You're listening to Single Podcast Theory. I am Brad Lyons. And I'm Brad Blazek. What's up, Brad? Yeah. Mm. How you doing, man? I'm I'm good. You're glad the Cubs season has started? Cubs baseball started. Is the game on mute right now? The game is on mute right now. They They are... they're they're run they're scoring runs it's all good they're scoring runs they're hitting balls with bats <laughs> yes man they're sliding on the dirt into <clears throat> to cushy bases they call them bases i'm just kidding mm-hmm. i used to play baseball yeah bags bags and bags. balls and bags and balls man you got a bags mm-hmm. and balls um <laughs> did you what did you play what position were you uh, lefty, because I was kind of uh, lefty. <laughs> left field. No, I'm I'm joking, but basically, like okay. it depended on. Um, well, I'm a lefty, so first base, right? And I was like really, especially at that body. I don't know. I guess it's the same now. Really long legs, so I could mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. left-handed go on, um, stretch out, get the people out at first, but then I could also play right-handed. So sometimes they would stick me in other positions, or I, I always, pitch. Sometimes I always, I always assumed you were a switch hitter. Mm. If you take my meaning, <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, if you know what I'm saying, <laughs> everybody's on my team, huh? Mm. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Nothing. Hey, I was watching Seinfeld yesterday. It was awesome. Oh yeah, we went back. Aiden wanted to watch it. <clears throat> it's so it's so weird hearing a kid. Does he like it? Does he get it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That's awesome. He uh, he's finding all these people. It's kind of it's funny, man. I think comedy is going to be his music because he oh, cool. has like now he just he just discovered like in a real way Saturday Night Live because I showed him John Mulaney and he thinks John Mulaney is hilarious because he yeah. fucking is. Yeah. And now he so he he found on Hulu Saturday Night Live because he was looking for Mulaney. And then he just started watching all of them, and it's he's watching that stuff like I used to listen to music. Like he'll we'll oh, be watching that's it, awesome. he'll pause it, and he'll like explain. He doesn't know the terminology, but he's like explaining the setup and the punchline. And that punchline was mm-hmm. only funny because he said this, and it's like, God damn, dude! Oh, wow, that's that's cool. awesome. Does he have a certain era? Of SNL, well, or is he still not no, even... No, like, he's just on what's, like, on Hulu right now. Oh, which is everything, but to him, it's, he's, you know, he's spanning stuff. the last, like, three years. Yeah. So, uh... And how... He just turned 10? Yeah. That's... I, I was... That's about the age I was when I got into SNL. Yeah. He's obsessed I remember, with it. I remember... I remember, like, driving somewhere with my mom... And she was, she, we were discussing, like, I could stay up that night and watch mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live for the first time. Right. And I was, like, ex- just so excited. Mm-hmm. And that, it had to be, like, 86, 87. I probably was 11 or 12, but still, like, I just, I remember getting so into that show. Yeah. In, the, in those days. Me too, man. I mean, my, my era of Saturday Night Live that's kind of imprinted on me was, like, the... Kevin Nealon, Al Franken, uh, who are some? God, Mike Myers. Mike Myers, uh, Adam Sandler, Chris, Chris Farley, Chris Farley, David Spade. Who's the, uh, the night? What's that guy? The <laughs> oh, what's Phil the Hartman. Name? Um, um, no, who's the the ladies' man? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, why can't I think of his name? Ooh, yeah, it's a lady. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, was your father, by chance, a meat burglar? Here's why I ask. It looks like someone took two fine, fine hams and shoved them down the back of your dress. <laughs> yes, I have that whole fucking movie memorized. Oh, I know. That's why I brought it up. Oh, my God. Why can't I think of his name right? I love him. I can't either. This uh, is going to bother me. Um, oh, I got it. Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows. He's so yeah. fucking funny. Yeah. That baby back. I'm sorry. That, in the office, the baby back rib uh, scene. You know what I'm talking about? No, pretty, I don't think I've ever seen that movie. No, no, The Office, like the TV show. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Um, well, look it up. We have yeah. bantered for far too long. <laughs> All right. Um, well, uh, we, you got any kind of like uh, conversation, housekeeping stuff before we? I yeah. Into there's emails? two things, and you can you can we can do both or whatever. But mm-hmm. I saw. Jordan Peele. Speaking of comedians, I saw Jordan Peele's Us Did last you see night it? with Amanda. Yeah, oh god, it was how really good is good. it? Oh shit, yeah, I can't wait. It's to see awesome. It. I liked it better than Get Out. Really? But I'm I'm weird like that. Yeah. Wow. Because I, I mean that's I, that's cool. I just really liked Get Out a lot. Yeah. You 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 like this too? I mean, most people are saying it's not as good as Get Out. I liked it, but man, I don't um, know. Ba- I mean, you can't base anything on trailers, but the trailer. Like, yeah. I can't oh, it's, wait it's, to see it. It's good. It's really, you know what it is too. It's really fun. Like it's not funny, but like it's because it's Jordan Peele and he's, you know, I mean, it just has a sense of humor to it, even though it is still scary. It's not like sure. you know, scary movie where it's great horror stuff. I think it's, does have good com- like humor. Yeah. Comedy is probably yeah. the wrong word, but humor. It's definitely got a, a perfect mix of of uh, humor thrown in every once in a while now is it like dark humor or is it kind of like this underlying kind of goofiness even though you know what i'm saying it's yeah it's it's like the the characters are aware that this weird stuff is happening to them does that make sense yeah don't tell me anymore because i I, like yeah (laughs) i don't know anything like substantive about the movie and i'm like keep it that way because i really want to see it there's one there's one scene that just like is that really one of the things you wanted to talk about yeah that's hilarious oh just because it has nothing to do with pearl jam and when you said you had a couple things i was like oh what's going on oh well i got another one too for you all right what's up (laughs) uh led zeppelin's first album came out today in the uk 50 fucking years ago yep so this, for people listening to this, depending on when you listen to it, it'll be before, but this is on Sunday. Yeah, um, yeah March yeah, 31st man. in the UK. Now, this is kind of sort of related, not to Pearl Jam so much, but like to us, because Danny B is the one that pointed this out to me and to oh, let nice. me know. So. Danny B! Well, God, I love that band so much. As yeah, everyone that Everyone who's ever listened to us knows, but... Yeah, I was. I've been give going you... to bed listening to Zeppelin three a lot lately. Yeah, I remember I had a teacher. I can't remember what class it was, but like we, I don't know how we got started talking about music, and he mentioned Led Zeppelin, hmm. and I'm like, oh, Led Zeppelin four is so great, and he's just like, dude, Led Zeppelin three is where it's at, and I'm like, ah, oh, three is so slow, and like it's all like. You know, like hippie what rock that, music. That's that that's what I thought. So good. That's, yeah, that's no, I what I thought it. twenty years ago. I yeah, love sure. that. Album and it kind of. I mean, it kind of is. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's like you're not it, wrong. In high school, dude, I was metal. I know. AF. Man. I know. So I was not ready to hear Zeppelin three, but I love it now. Oof. I love all their albums. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But those, yeah, man, holy shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, this is a Pearl Jam podcast, which, uh, mm-hmm. if you've never listened to us before, <laughs> we are a Pearl Jam podcast. <laughs> we'll uh, get there. We'll get there. Just keep, Don't keep worry. Up. Don't you worry. We're just <laughs> massaging it in there, you know, just get, get easing on it. Hey, let me say this, though. What? This podcast is also not just Pearl Jam. It's me and you. It is. And our friendship. And I think we've earned so, it, by God. We're 86 yeah. episodes deep. <laughs> there you go. Deep's a great song. 
Um, speaking of deep, this is funny. Oh yeah, I was listening on uh, to our friends Kate mm-hmm. and Jess. Literally, as I drove to the studio to record <laughs> this episode, and it's funny because I had written it. They uh, Jess was saying what I didn't realize is this was on their deep episode, which was I think two episodes ago. I was listening to yeah. it. I th- I was a week late. I thought that was the newest episode. So at some point, Kate and Jess, I think Jess is the one that said it. She was like, even if you don't really have anything to say, just write us and, you know, email us and just say hey or, you know, on post on Instagram or whatever. So I was literally and this is even better. I was in the drive-through to get my basic bitch Starbucks, as Kate <laughs> Cotton calls it. Um, that is on our caricature and Mm -hmm. they said yeah she said that and so i literally grabbed my phone just said hey in the email or in the subject line and then an emoji pointing up at hey then realized that i was in fact a week behind and they would probably have no idea what that reference is but they actually (laughs) figured it out on air and it was pretty awesome fucking Watson and Holmes over here running this other right. podcast. <laughs> Hot damn. Jess is the one that figured it out, too. Well done, Jess. So if you'd like another Pearl Jam podcast to listen to, if if this just isn't enough Pearl Jam in your life, then that is another option for you as well. The Porch. Um, not just the message board. The Porch podcast, which is Kate Cotton and our friend. See, we got to meet Jess now. Because I've never met her. So, um, what else we got? We got live on four legs. There's another, yes. another good, and they cover live shows. Um, the porch covers songs, which is what we're doing today. We're going to talk about Tremor Christ. I know there's more. I haven't had the chance to listen to other than those two, but there's another one that actually I forgot to mention that I was I was a guest uh, host. Oh really? A guest? I don't know how you say it. I was Your a guest voice on... just like not because of you, but because of the line is a little weak. Yeah, what's going on? Are you plugged in? Or are you on Wi-Fi? I'm. <laughs> are you? On I'm wi- plugged in. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm plugged in. Are you sure? Yes. Because it says connection quality zero. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Something must be going on with your internet. Sorry, everybody. Mm. Um. Is it? Yeah. Go I ahead. So there's another Is Pearl Jam podcast. Is my voice sounding weird? Yeah, it kind of did this. I... <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I was... <laughs> now, does that... Will that... <clears throat> that won't come through oh, yeah. when it's people recorded. are hearing us, though, oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. It'll sound like that? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, your guest host. I was a I was a guest on the Better Band podcast mm. with Brandon Palomo. That's the other one. I yeah. was trying to remember the name of. I haven't listened to them yet. Yeah, but I will. and he's going through every song like chronologically. Oh, cool. So we did the episode I was on was uh, Black. We talked all about Black. Oh hell yeah! So yeah, so is he go, out there. Is he, they uh, is he go in order? Based on the records, is that how it yes. goes or what? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yes. Yep. That's killer. Yeah, I need to check that out for sure. Um, well, and if you'd like to communicate with <clears> us, <throat> our email is singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com. You can also find us on all the socials. Just enter us into the search and we will pop up. Uh, you can also subscribe and like on YouTube. And if you'd like to support us further... So we can keep doing this and hopefully add some new stuff to the show soon, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that um, in just a minute. Uh, but you can do that. That is at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash single podcast theory. You can check all that info out there. Um, did I miss anything, sir? I don't think so. Cool. Um so yeah, we're about to move into email like we normally do, and it's time for the show to change a little bit. Maybe even past time, but we didn't want to, you know, cut anyone out of the fun of Pearl Jam story time. But I'm afraid we got to put it to bed. 
Right, Brad? Yes. We'll give it Which an makes, honorable it death. Make, it does make me sad. It because does. I I listen to this show every week, and I love the story time, Pearl Jam story time. What do you call it? Blister? Stinger? Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that's right. That, this will be the last time. Yeah. This will be the last time. Oh, we did that together. Come on. Um, but thank you guys for all, all for sharing uh, your Pearl Jam stories with us. And they are forever on the interwebs now. Thanks to us. We, it, it, that's a weird thing to think. I'd try not to think about that. But like all this content is just kind of there forever. Isn't that kind of weird? Mm-hmm. No? Yeah. You don't think it's weird? No, it is. Like okay. I. You're too busy watching I think the Cubs about game. It. No, I'm not. I'm I'm giving you a hard time. God, why can't you just joke back with me? We need to go to counseling. (laughs) What were you saying? Since Uh, we still haven't uh, talked about Pearl Jam yet? I don't know. You cut me off. Okay, that's probably a sign. So, here we go. Let's do some Pearl Jam. Wait, no. What? Because I wanted to say something. What? I know I was going to say. I think about, like, in 20 years, like, listening back to one of these episodes that'd yeah. be crazy it's gonna be weird that'd be weird or like my daughter like listening to them like because wouldn't you like oh if you god found that's out, so sad what, <laughs> what Not, is, ma- nothing you go ahead sorry i interrupted <laughs> go ahead so, what if you found out right now that like your your parent one of your parents did like a radio show like in the 60s oh, i'd want, want every moment of it yeah, I know because she doesn't. Right. She doesn't listen to this. I mean, she knows we do it, but she don't listen to this. Sure, you know what I mean. She's sure. not at an age, but I, I mean, I could see her at forty being like, "I wonder what they talked about every week." You know? Well, I just had this. Oh God, I'm not gonna say it out loud. Oh, come on, put it no, out. No, I never thought about it before. Like I'll, you know, <clears throat> I'll be dead, and he'll be like. He'll have hours of recordings of my voice talking about a band he doesn't even give a shit about. And probably a lot of embarrassing things about him. But he... (laughs) Yeah. You know? Uh, Yeah. Nah, it's been cool, man. But all that... I agree with all of that. But I also think it's exciting to kind of figure... That was our first kind of bit. You know what I mean? Pearl Jam Story Time. It's kind of our first bit. So I'm excited to see what the next one's going to kind of turn into. So And, yeah... People hmm. can still send them in. We might bring it back. Oh, sure. Well, yeah, and this is definitely like a, we don't read emails anymore. <laughs> we're not saying that. Yeah. Like, keep yeah. emailing. But um, we're probably going to do away with, well, not probably, we're doing away with the segment, at least for a little while. So. Yeah, change is, change is uh, always difficult but necessary. It, man, you are a fucking sage. All right. <laughs> Let's do this. Did I already drop a Pearl Jam story time, Mark? No, that's right. You said no. I I cut you off. Good evening. This is uh, Storytellers. We are here to tell stories. We just have friends up here that are listening to stories. Have I got a little story for you? This is the true story. This week, our friend Chris Thomas, he gets to hold the title for final Pearl Jam story. He says, hi guys, here's my Pearl Jam story. My first memorable music experience can be traced back to Wayne's World. Remember when McDonald's sold VHS tapes? That's how I got my first experience of Bohemian Rhapsody. While I can't find a strong link between Queen or Wayne's World with Pearl Jam, however I can with Temple of the Dog, All Night Thing is played through the scene in Benjamin's Loft. I watched and listened to the scene where... Uh, scene of Wayne, Garth, Terry, Neil, and eventually Phil sing and headbang to an abbreviated version of this song. I wore it out so much. I drove my mom nuts and prompted her to get me a cassette 
tape of classic Queen. If you follow this timeline, this would have been after 10 was released. That's right, I completely missed out on the rise of Pearl Jam. Not only did I miss out on the days of 10, but also the rest of the 90s. My taste in music was coming to form in middle school and high school. I did listen to some alternative, but I discovered the Beatles and Zeppelin in my teens and immersed myself in a lot of music from the 60s and 70s. It wasn't until just after Riot Act was released that I opened myself up to Pearl Jam. So I find that really interesting because I remember you know, having like older musician friends and they were always just like, they're just redoing the fucking seventies. That's all Pearl Jam yeah. is. They're just redoing the seventies. It's like, okay. Jim Morrison clone. That's what I always heard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely heard that too, but I definitely heard a lot more of, they're just ripping off the seventies stuff, but yeah. Yeah. Um, which if that's what they're doing, I fucking love it then because I love 60. Like mine's kind of similar. I was listening to Zeppelin and Beatles and, queen and i'd found all that stuff um but for me that was at the same time as the pearl jam seattle thing and that felt like it fit naturally with all like a lot of that 60s and 70s stuff you know Mm -hmm. um he said my friend brian who i was working with over the summer started playing me some of pearl jam and i started to get hooked this is a common theme throughout my life. I'm late to the party on a band or artist, z- discover them years after they've gotten big, and make up for lost time by obtaining every studio recording they've come out with and wear it out. No band have I worn out more than Pearl Jam. They are, there are plenty of bands I've binged and collected every studio album of. However, Pearl Jam is the only band I've gone to the length of buying deep cuts and live shows to the extent to this extent, and it's not even close to how much my collection of their music compares to anything else. I made up for lost time over the 2000s, became a Tune Club member, was there on the first day, uh, yeah, on the first day Avocado, Backspacer, and Lightning Bolt were released, and still wear out their records more than any other band I've ever listened to. That I, It's so funny he uh, wrote that, because I was literally thinking about that on the drive here, and if there was like a, you know on like your iPod or your iTunes, you can, I don't know if they still do. I'm sure it does, but you can get play counts. You can see mm-hmm. how many times you've listened yeah. to a song or a band or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If there was like one for life, you know, because obviously that did not exist in the 90s or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it would, I would probably think that my Pearl Jam count would just be obsessive oh, and slightly embarrassing. Yeah. Pearl Jam and Zeppelin, and then... I would love to see how many times I listened to, like, it was MTV Unplugged on one side of the tape, and the other side was Den Hog, Holland. Mm. And I I I used to listen to that. that. I wore that tape out. I bet, man. Yeah, I I don't even think about how much I've listened to them (laughs) and a few other artists. Um, Let's see here. I've had a handful of chances to see them live, namely in 2010 in Kansas City. I missed out for a very good reason. My soon-to-be wife and I were planning to get married at the end of that month. Also in 2011, I missed out on their performance in East Troy, Wisconsin, while we lived in Chicago. Mm. It w- I know, that's, right? the, that's Pearl Jam 20, isn't it? Let's see. In 2011, I think, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, man. It wasn't until 2014 during the Lightning Bolt Tour that I bought tickets on my phone during a work trip to see them on October 20th, 2014 in Milwaukee. Oh, what? I know. Yeah, man. That's, yeah. Were you there? No. No? Okay. But that's, go on. People don't know. He explains why this is pretty epic. Right. Uh, my wife Morgan and I had been living in Milwaukee for almost three years at that point, and there was no way I was going to let another chance pass. Now, if the date and city sound familiar, stop me now, but otherwise, I'm going to continue on as if there's an exciting twist to a Jordan Peele movie coming up. <laughs> yeah, speaking of. That's funny. Uh, the show starts in with five songs ranging from Pen- Pendulum to Baba O'Reilly. Already a lot to take in within the first 20 minutes. Then they start in on Brain of J. Afterward, Faithful. I was stoked by this because I've always considered those two songs to run together perfectly, like sometimes in Hail Hail. After that, no way. I looked at Morgan and said, I think they're going to play the whole Yield album. This is my favorite album of theirs. Uh, sure enough, he dedicates Given to Fly to Aaron Rodgers. His disclosure, I'm not a Packers fan. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we can continue we can, this email then. We, yes, we can. We can continue. That's the end. Chris and I 
can yeah. still be friends. There you go. Uh, and they finish out Yield while skipping over Red Dot, which they actually started off the show with in the background when they entered the stage. My friend Ben told me the next day that they had not played Yield back, front to back before, and it was the only it was only the second time they had played any album in its entirety. No Code a few days before in Moline. I still listen to that boot a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's one thing I hope to do before my time's up on this earth is to see them one more time with Morgan. There isn't anyone who I'd rather go uh, go to a Pearl Jam show with than her. That's fucking awesome. Forced to endure what I could not forgive, Chris. Boom. That was a good Pearl. That was, that was a good one to go out on, man. Yeah, very fitting. Yeah. Yeah, he got he got everything in there. Wayne's World. Hell yeah. Yield Walkie. Kansas um, City. Uh, yeah man that was the final Pearl Jam story time we did it thank you Chris thanks Chris what you got next Um, Bev Bev what's up Bev hey know what I mean Brad and what was that film again Brad (laughs) (sighs) Um, good news I have finally caught up on the podcast the bad news is that I won't hear your dulcet tones every day anymore. Ah, sad face. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to say, I was pretty excited to see that you were going to dive into the self-pollution radio broadcast. I love those performances by Pearl Jam, and not just because the mighty Jack Irons is in the engine room, but because the boys seem happy to have offloaded the tension from Dave A. and seem ready to tour Vitology. And to think, months on from this performance, Mike would write the masterful drone of present tense. Eddie would hashtag swoon us with off he goes. Jeff would play around with some chords for smile. Stone would try and take some control back by singing Mankind. And Jack would bring in some patterns for In My Tree and Who You Are. Such an incredible time for the band. Yep. As a hardcore fan, I thought I had I thought I had heard it all from this band. However, I realized that you were going to dissect the entire broadcast, which I have never heard in full. I have only heard uh, I have bleh, I have only ever watched or listened to Pearl Jam's tracks from the broadcast. Idiot. Now I do have something Tina. to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> Come get your food, Tina, Tina. you fat lard. (laughs) Now, I do have something to listen to every day of the week. It's the four-hour radio show. Thanks, boys, for all that you do for us Pearl Jam nerds. P.S. Let's not forget that, yes, Jack saved the band, and yes, Jack drummed on the two best Pearl Jam albums. But Jack also co-wrote... Come on, Bev. And without that song, we wouldn't we wouldn't all have that god-awful, spine-tingly, out-of-pitch voice from Blazik that we have all come to love and endure. See you on the flip side. Thanks, Bev. Bev. My buddy. <laughs> well, I mean... Yeah. It was a good run. I... I have not <laughs> hearing you sing that for many, many episodes now. <laughs> oh, I've been working on it. This, I'll take the, that over the saw, slide whistle, though. <laughs> when this email, you know, uh, when this email came up, I was like, "I'm, I have to hit it. I've got to hit it just right. I hope I, I've got to hit I, it know. just right." He says, <laughs> "Good God!" All right, thanks, Bev. Good to hear from you again, man. Uh, let's see here, Matt Massey about self pollution. <laughs> says guys the phone was in a bag of doritos why how i need more details brad i mean we don't know exactly what happened but i think she must have put we're talking about my daughter lost her phone and we looked for like over an hour we like tore the whole house up and couldn't find it and then later that night (laughs) My wife went to get a snack and open a bag of Doritos, and lo and behold, there was the phone. That's amazing. I think what happened. I think. <laughs> I mean, Isn't because it, I've been in those positions before where you like can't find something, and you look and like some, you're just like, I, I've never even been to this part of the house before, but I'm gonna look in right. there, that yeah. kind of thing. But yeah. never, right. ever, have I thought. To look inside a bag of food. 
Right. Yeah. Like in the pantry. Yeah. Not once. The only thing I figure is like she she put it like the bag of chips must have been like on the the end table and she put her phone down. And then like when my wife later went to pick the bag up, it just slid like into the bag and she didn't realize it. And then she put them up. Man, good thing someone went to get get some Doritos. Yeah, yeah. Good thing your wife had the hankering for some Cool Ranch. (laughs) Otherwise, she would have she she'd go buy a new phone and come back and find it in a week. Yeah, it was funny. Oh man, it was nuts. Uh, All right, it says uh, regarding self pollution radio. I'd just be a fanboy. I'd just be fanboy gushing for five paragraphs. So I'll just say to me, this is the most important thing that Pearl Jam has done in their career. Ticketmaster fight being close. The mix of great performances, including the Mad Season debut, discussion of social issues, and spinning great, mostly unknown records had a big impact on my teenage self. Later, guys. Have a good week. Matt Massey. Thank you, sir. Uh, I agree, man. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Um, I think for, for Eddie, probably, it was just something for him to do that was not Pearl Jam related, even though they played, but everything else was just him playing, you know, songs that mean something to him. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, thanks, Matt. You got one more, right? <clears throat> yes. One more. Adrian. Hey, Brads. I'm still listening to two to three shows a week trying to catch up, and I think of so many things I want to write in about. That sounded totally natural right Mm -hmm. i think of so many things i want to write in about but i don't because i'm all over the place with episodes and i figure you've moved on from whatever the topic is i did just want to say however that the unplugged episode was fantastic and the pure love you both expressed for eddie was the best thing ever know that we all felt you in that moment I meet random people that are just casual Pearl Jam fans all the time, and you would not believe how many men just blurt out that Eddie is the one guy they would turn gay for. <laughs> you don't hear these. <laughs> you don't hear. It's fucking true, though. <laughs> it's true. I've heard that many times over the years, like at shows. You know, you, you overhear people talking, like in the bar or just in the crowd. And it's oh, like, he's just a uh, he's a good looking dude, man. Yeah, There's no way around it. I mean. Not that there's anything wrong with that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't hear those kind of statements about anyone else. Blazek, I would totally defend you anytime about Unplugged Oceans and Black being the best pieces of recorded music ever. I can't believe you backed down to Clint. I mean, Clint's, Clint's very formidable. It's true. <laughs> Uh, also, Lions, good job on the solo episode. It seemed like that was a little uncomfortable for you, but you killed it, and I really enjoyed it. I never get tired of listening to you two, especially when you're talking about my favorite band, so keep them coming. It actually gives me a reason to look forward to going to work every day. Boom. That's awesome. I know. Man, that's, I've yeah, got podcasts like that, man. That's killer. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that's a really nice uh, – it's nice to hear that yeah, people sure. listen to us in that way so thank you thanks adrian that's it for emails again if you'd like to email us single podcast theory at gmail.com you can hit us up on the socials as well uh but if we're good with all that then it's time to move on into episode 86 it's all about trimmer christ
Let's do the info bit. How about that? Because that's nice mm. and short. Yeah. I can do it. You want to do it? You want me to do it? What's up? I'll do it. Cool. <laughs> um, so, obviously, uh, it was released on Vitology in November of 94. Um, Mike and Jeff... Everyone gets credit on this, but it was mainly Mike and Jeff that wrote the song with Eddie, uh, of course, doing the lyrics. Uh Um, It was released as a B-side to Spin the Black Circle. And even though it was never released like as a single itself, it actually charted like number 16 on Billboard, which I don't I don't understand how all that works. We talked about this before. I still don't get it. Like, how does a song get on the charts if it's not released well, especially back then, I mean, DJs had a lot more freedom of what they wanted to play. So when they and it's just kind of basic. It's like it's how the market works in a way. It's like you have enough people. A band like them at that time were so fucking huge mm-hmm. that like just ha- be, like, for, for example, Trimmer Christ is a B-side to spin the black circle, right? So yeah. Spin was the s- single. They put that out, but they're so huge that people were just asking for anything. So if DJs yeah. are getting requests for a band, it's yeah, a huge we'll band. play the other song. Play the other song, and all that gets tracked, and that's how it ends up on the charts, even though you know the label, whatever, didn't officially release it as a single. They could still right. play whatever. So that's how that would work. It's just, yeah. It was cool. This, it's such a weird, different song. Yeah. It's not a song you would hear on the radio. Yeah, so let's kind of talk generally about it before we start really like diving in. But, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, this is going to be an easy episode. I went ahead and listened to it a few more times, but oh yeah, if that lifelong you know, iTunes play counter was real, <laughs> this song would be way the fuck up there on my Pearl Jam list yeah. as far as how many times I've listened to it. So um, I could probably talk about this song for six hours and n- have not heard it for like two years, which is not right. the case, but it's kind of burned into my brain is my point. So what is it? You said it was weird, but like, why do you love this song just in general? It's just like, um, I think this was one of the first songs by them that doesn't sound like a Pearl Jam song. You know what I mean? Hmm. I mean, it doesn't sound like Even Flow or Go. Right. Gotcha. It's got that weird, slow, marchy drum beat, mm-hmm. which I've heard people compare to kind of like a, a Beatles song. Yeah. Um, that kind of reminds me of like a come together kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Just that guitar riff i guess is that a riff that just that like it's like we've talked about with stone it's like he has chord riffs yeah you know and you just hear that throughout basically the whole song you Mm -hmm. know and that's that's not like again that's not like a classic even flow riff right i mean except for i think maybe it's funny i really i should have because i'm a musician but it's the same two chords the whole fucking song i think I don't think it ever changes. No, I don't think it does. I'll have to look back at it again. Because that, that verse, the... Right? They just mm-hmm. change how it's how it feels throughout the song. Like, um, I mean, there's minor changes, but for the most part, I think it keeps with the same chord structure the whole time. I'll need to go back and look at it. But it's mm-hmm. it's painfully yeah, simple. Like... Right. It's it is kind of a jam that they worked into a song configuration. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and they I I think they said they recorded it like in the course of one night. Yeah. They, that was that was it. So Yeah, they were in New Orleans. Mhm. Didn't they say they did um this song and Nothing Man like a day right. apart from each other or something like that? Right. Yeah. Which is it's so cool. That is one of the things that sucks now. Like, so record budgets used to be way bloated and overinflated, and it's just ridiculous. I mean, like people spending just millions of dollars on a rock record. You know what I mean? Which for a rock record, it's just not necessary. (laughs) You know, but one of the things that did afford you was just time, and you could just you would just 
book the studio and you just go in and just play. And sometimes you had yeah. songs that you had written and kind of worked out and you finish kind of woodshedding them in the studio. But then there's a lot of stuff like this that could happen for bands. And what happens now a lot of times is is that, I don't know, you have to have, it's almost like you have to have everything worked out in some cases now ahead of time. There's mm-hmm. not a whole lot of room for just like exploring stuff. And, you know, people are trying to get multiple songs done in a day, whereas it used to be, you know, you would spend weeks on a song sometimes you know in the studio yeah um yeah and a lot of that's like i said it feels a little overindulgent but there is something to be said for people taking time with things isn't there is it the beatles or the beach boys where they have a song where they all just like laid on the ground on their backs to to get like a certain sound that sounds exactly right just crazy, crazy shit that lets you do shit like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Money, money and mm-hmm. time, my friend. And drugs. I'm sure there's a lot of drugs going on. Maybe. Yeah. But you know, then you get good vibrations, and you're like, oh worth it. man, way to pull that in there. God damn, worth. didn't see that coming. <laughs> that was awesome. Am I am I wrong? It's one of the like greatest sounding songs ever. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. Do you think that, or you're just saying that that you know? No, that I totally told? think it. I. If someone told me that, I don't. I don't listen to the Beach Boys. Yeah, that's what I no, figured. I. I. I love the Beach Boys. Do you really? Yeah. God damn. Come okay. on, dude. They're fucking metal. <laughs> no, I do. I do love the Beach Boys, and that Good Vibrations is fucking phenomenal. Like, mm-hmm. it's it is insane. funny how like. It, I mean, because that sounds old to us, right? But we know how, like, yeah. we're whether it's because of our age or whatever, we have an appreciation for it, right? The yeah. Beach Boys came on the radio yesterday while Aiden's in the car, and oh, he was God. just like, and I sat there and I was like, I get it, man. To him, this must sound like, yeah. like if I told him it was from the 1800s, he'd be like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it just yeah. sounds so old and so. Yeah, and I was telling him like then he it was on XM, and then he flipped something else, and Dean Martin Dean Martin was on, you know, and I was like, dude, yeah, this was rock and roll back in the day. Like these dudes were like <laughs> the rock stars, the right. crazy people, you know, and it just yeah. looks so tame now, right? But anyway, that was my thing when like when I would hear about how parents hated how the Beatles had long hair. Right. And I, I couldn't understand that. Because, you know, in the 80s, everyone's got hair down past their shoulders, you know, mm-hmm. all these metal metal guys. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And then you hear about the Beatles having long hair. And I'm just like, I can't even understand what that means. Yeah, the fucking mop tops, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's some awesome. dangerous, dangerous dudes there. Yeah, with their long hair. It's funny, though. I mean, they were looked at that way, though, for sure. Well, speaking of listening to a song with your kid in the car, we were, me and Amanda were listening to Deep. Hmm. Uh, Speaking of Deep, and when Eddie lets out that fucking primal scream in the very beginning of the song, she's like, she like literally stopped and paused it and was like, was that Eddie? I'm like, yes. Yeah, damn right it was. (laughs) And that's perfect. Wait, wait a second. And she had, we listened to it like four times, just that part. She kept like doing the like rewind thing. Well, and that's one of the reasons why this song has always been one of my favorites is Eddie has so many of his like most classic memorable kind of like scream moments in in this song i feel like yeah like that's one of the first things that i think about when i think about this song is his his vocal especially yeah. toward the end towards the, yeah towards the end Woo! that shit yeah. still gives Incredible. me chills man like you can't you can't fake that kind of shit anyway yeah um so let's get back we were kind of talking about the music part which mm-hmm. you know it has all the classic stuff for Eddie, you know, like not ripping off. I don't mean it's like normal or blanding or anything, but like Eddie is just that screamy Eddie that's just got a little bit of anger in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the band stuff is, is it's a weird fucking song. Like the bass, yeah. 
I love I was, the bass on this song thinking, so much. Yeah, I was thinking about it when the when Jeff comes in, and I, I think I think it's an ascending bass line. Is that bum, ascending? Yeah, I I could I, sing you. I think the whole yeah. song on bass. Well, that's I do. I like sing imitate the bass line. Like every time I hear this, I song. know, and it's fucking, it's a weird baseline <laughs> yeah. because it has to be because it's such a chromatic half step, seven dominant chord, flip back and forth uh, the, that the guitars are doing. You know what I mean? He's a little bit constrained because of the weird chord progression. You know, right? Yeah. Um, but he's he seems to. <clears throat> I feel like that's when uh, Jeff shines the most. Oh yeah, you know. There was, I can't. I wish I could remember what song it was, but I think I realized. God, I wish I could remember the song. And it's because it's an old song. It's like off of verses or Vitology. It has to be off of Vitology because I was listening to the shit out of that record last week. Um, but there's a moment where I never realized that he kind of does like this. Oh, it's on. Not for you, uh, Jeff plays this weird part that I'd never it's not that I didn't notice it but it's almost like he's playing a lead really yeah it, I think it's at the moment where they kind of like break down and they start building back up again before the end I'll have to find it and I'll I'll let you know what it was but yeah. um, he's it's just kind of out of the norm it's not what you would normally write for a bass part but he kills that kind of stuff yeah Um, I mean the drums oh the drums are just I mean, Dave A is his. He's he's he reminds me of. Um, uh, oh God, Dave Grohl yeah. in the Foo Fighters. Right. I mean, not in the Foo Fighters, in Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Like he hits his drums so hard, dude. He's wailing and, the whole song. Yeah, yeah, and I mean his snare, his the tone of his snare. It's so tight. And it just has such a cool sound to it. Yeah, it's it's tight and it smacks, but it also kind of has a like, because the, the tempo of the song it has like a length to it. It's not a yeah like kind of snare. It like has a tail to it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, the drum, but the stuff he's doing on his toms is like the 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 best part of this song. And it, but it's so simple. All he's yeah. doing is replacing oh, yeah. the hi hat with the floor tom. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah. especially I think it's like that whole intro first verse. You can really hear all the 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 ghost notes, mm-hmm. all those in between little yeah. little double stroke diddle things that he does, like in between <laughs> beats. You know, yeah, it's cool to hear because the drums are so loud in that. Well, in the whole record, yeah. but in the mix of that well, song, dude, they're so up front. go go listen to this live. In yeah. that era, in the Dave A era, it's yeah. insane. It's so intense, and he's so. It just sounds incredible the way he's playing those those beats on the toms. Yeah, well, they're so they're just the thing so is, loud, and he's doing more like more fills on the live version than on the 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 Vitology track. And that's one of the things I love about the recorded version is just so simple and bare bones and he he doesn't do anything crazy in this song mm-hmm. he's just keeping that groove going with with jeff and stone like that rhythm section and for this song i guess mike too i mean it's not really yeah. like lead quote unquote in this song he's hanging down on the on the rhythm part as well but man the song just all all of them together it just grooves so hard but it's so simple. I mean, I could show you these two chords on the guitar and you'd be like, okay, that's, and it's like, okay, that's, that's you know, I've been, I've been saying it for years, but I really need to, whenever I hear this song, like we were just talking about Jeff and the bass line, like I want to learn how to play bass so I can play this. Yeah. (laughs) I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's get into some lyrics. Mm. What do you think about the lyrics? I know you you don't like me to say this, but I don't feel like I'm smart enough to tackle lyrics. Like I just don't get when 
people are like lyrically they're trying to like say something else like i take everything so literal Hmm. okay that it's hard like a song like this is hard for me to be like what is he talking about yeah that's funny so like this song is a good example for me on why i don't oftentimes want to know from like the writer or whatever what the song's about because i have i've kind of imprinted myself onto the song so deeply that like i don't want I don't. I don't care why they wrote it. Really, right. you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. I, it means something to me. You know. Yeah. And this is it when does, the song yeah. keeps changing. This. It's like. Um, I don't know. When I read these lyrics or I listen to the song, like I see, like the story in my head, but I can't really explain what it, what the story is about. Does that make sense? Sure. And I do have to say, <laughs> I think. Doing research for this, I never knew that he says wounded is the organ he left. He left all like. <laughs> what do you think he said? <laughs> I thought he was saying wounded is the old man he left. Oh, that makes sense. And I always I hear that. I see. I thought it was like um, a sailor that just beat up an old man and left him <laughs> on the shore. <laughs> left him bloodied on the shore yeah and that um this was some like exercise in duality like the sailor is the old man mm. yeah actually actually it's kind of a cool way to look at it to be honest with you. but now it's not it's not old man it's, it's organ. organ and i don't what's is he talking did about you just realize that to uh, you know today like, like looking into it, it? Yes. That's that's awesome. <laughs> yes. Now, man, doing so, this show, I've found a lot of lyrics like that that I'm like, oh, yeah. my God, I've been wrong this whole time. Yeah. See, I, not to be, like, egotistical, but I kind of pride myself on knowing the correct lyrics. Mm. So this one kind of threw me for a loop, like, oh, shit. He's not saying old man. Yeah. So what does organ mean? Like, is he talking about, like, a piano or, like, his heart? Like a, I would, um, I would, I would assume it's a you know a human organ from inside the body. Okay, like a heart maybe or right. You know. Okay, <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, that change changes the whole thing. Is about like he lost his love. I don't. I don't know what it's about. I mean, I know mm-hmm. how I kind of. There's certain parts of it that have always stuck out to me and. You know, one of the reasons why I love this song so much is that it kind of follows me along my life, and it and it kind of, kind of goes back to what you were saying about being literal. Is that yeah. I I'm not usually when I listen to music like I'm usually listening to find something to attach to. You know what I mean? Yeah. To kind of match how I'm feeling right now, or I don't know, say in a different way or whatever, but. Like for me, the whole little secrets, tremors turn to quakes, the smallest oceans still get big, big waves. Like that's, it's meant different things in my life, but that has always, I don't know why those, those two lines have always like really stuck with me. You know what I mean? I love, I love those lines. I, to me, that's like, um, the basic, like the essential thing that he's trying to say is like, if you tell a lie, yeah, even if it's a tiny one, yeah. it's going to eventually turn into a big thing yeah well and that gets into the it, little secrets tremors turn to quakes uh let's see i'll decide take the dive take my time not my life wait for signs believe in lies to get by it's divine like that's i don't know i think that's some heavy shit but totally um turns the bow back i love that whole ending the way the band ends the song on the word Christ, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he yeah. kind of like holds it he out and does back. that yeah, at he, the end, you know? Yeah. He comes, he kind of calms down, comes back with those final lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, it's such a vague lyric, but so that's what's so great about this one is that it's such a vague lyric, but it, it paints a picture for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah. then the, the, the band is so dynamic and emotive and 
it's like it's it's a perfect song to kind of like put yourself into if you if you do if that's what your experience with music is you know what i mean yeah yeah because it's not telling you exactly what it's about and again it goes back to it's not it's this is what i love about this band and i think this was the one of the first examples was that it's not a classic it's not a song you would hear on 10 you know right it's not like a classic pearl jam Mm -hmm. 70s rock ripoff riff type song right you know it's so different and i that's something i've always loved about these guys yeah for sure and and eddie as a lyricist i mean Mm -hmm. that's you can this is a song that i realized that you can take the the lyric and just read it almost like it's poetry or something like right that's not you don't have to have the music for it to be effective you know the lyric Mm -hmm. is kind of evocative and and makes you takes you on the same journey that the band and the music does you know what i mean yeah yeah it all kind of matches it's very it's like they're all on the same page you know Mm -hmm. um let's see what else was there anything else about this lyric that i wanted to talk about was it did you have anything written down Mm, no not really about the lyrics like i said i i have a hard time trying to talk about what lyrics mean to me sure you're so closed off emotionally. <laughs> no, I'm not. Remember I'm totally what, it, what was what was the line? You have so much estrogen. That's <laughs> insane. Yeah. Did so, I say that earlier? <laughs> yeah. Before we start recording. <laughs> yeah. It sounds right. It sounds like me. It sounds like I was on the right track too. So y'all, yeah. oh, you you hit on something. I did. <laughs> um. Yeah. So what else? I mean the other the other it's, it's like I love it too because I remember a couple times teaching guitar in my past you'd get lucky enough to to come across some beginners that had actually like listened to Pearl Jam and and heard them maybe their parents you know or listeners mm-hmm. of them or whatever and uh, this song contains like the easiest quote unquote lead in a Pearl Jam song that you can teach to a kid that they don't mm. really care. They just know it's a Pearl Jam song. And so that's cool. Yeah. Even though it's Damn Trimmer near Christ near. and they've never heard it. No, the, you know, that part, the guitar okay, part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just two notes. Yeah. Two notes. That's it. Um, everything on every, well, except for the bass probably is super bass and vocals. Like, there's no magic going on. Like it's so pain. Like I said before, it's just su- such a painfully simple song on paper, but it's yeah. so dynamic when you listen to it. You know. Yeah. Um. What else you got? You got anything else about this song? Um. Just the live performances. Oh, yeah. So, which they performed it live for the first time. Um. In nineteen November of ninety three, in Las Vegas, which they've I think that show is one of the, um, what do they call those vault shows? I think that's right. a vault show. Cool. Um, but that's like a full year before Vitology was put out. Right. Which is cool. That's cool to hear like new songs way before they Hell come out. Hell yeah! And it's it's on it's on YouTube. It's fucking. I mean, Dave A is incredible. That's what I was talking about. Like he's doing these fills, like like extra fills on the toms, and it's just right. like that's how that song should be played. I have to go back and anyway. watch that one again. I mean, it's I've seen so it, but... it's so crazy. But they've only played it eighty times since ninety three. That makes sense. Um, I got to see it in ninety five in Milwaukee, but that's the only time I've ever seen it. Right. And they just they just don't play it that much. They the last time they played it was in uh, Boston last year. Oh really? Yeah, that's funny. Um, but I think I think they played it twice last year, like once in 2016, and then just a handful of times, you know, since then. Sure. I mean, I'm looking here. I thought that let me look at something real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm making sure I haven't seen that song. No, I thought for a second that it might have been in that uh, 
Oh, wait a minute. I'm looking at the wrong show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I was looking at something else. All right. So I, I thought for a second that that was because the Wrigley shows were so. I thought, I dude, I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, they played this at Wrigley. Yeah, and for I'm some like, reason no, I they felt didn't. like they did because they played so yeah. many songs that I, I loved was and wasn't the expecting. Same thing, yeah. Yeah, I was looking at my set list from 1998 to see if I'd ever heard. Um, what's well, this came out in '94? Yeah, God, I could have sworn that it that they had played it in Atlanta, but I guess not. They didn't. I got my hail hail. Can't be greedy, mm. man. Can't yeah. have hail hail and Trimmer Christ in the same set. <laughs> right. Jeez. Um, all right. Cool. Well, I don't. I mean, I could technically I could gush on about this song for a lot longer, but I don't think yeah. that would do anyone any any favors. So, unless you got anything else, let's no, get out I of think, here. Uh, yeah. Good let's job. That was a fun one. Yeah. I like that song. All right. We'll be back next week. As usual, if you'd like to reach out to us, email us at singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com, or you can find us on all the social networks, and you can also find us on YouTube. Um, That's it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. I'm Brad Lyons. And I'm Brad Blazek saying, you know what it's like? Do you know what it's like? No. Do you know, Brad Lyons, what Mm -hmm. it's like? I don't. That's... um, well, I shouldn't say, right? I should leave it a mystery where that comes from. Yeah, it's a mystery for me, too. So maybe I'll figure it out. I can write in, you know, like a listener. You should. Oh, dude. We should do that. All right. Right. E- yeah. What Would did you, you say again? Do you know what it's like? Uh, do you, know what's, do you, know, do what's you like? know what it's like? Is it important that you said it twice? <laughs> yes. It is? Okay. Yes. Oh, fuck. I got something in my eye. Oh my god. Oh god, we gotta get out of here. Alright. Peace. Holy shit. I died. I died and you just I died and you walked by and said no. I'm dead.
turns the 